I'm going on holiday this winter to the Caribbean. And it's a part of the world that I've been kind of intrigued by for a while. And I want to get into that. What's so interesting to me about it? What's mysterious? What draws me and other people there? And kind of break it down. Because when you look at it on a map, it's quite overwhelming and confusing. You have so many labels applied to so many tiny places. And it's a little strange, isn't it? So this episode of the podcast is... The Caribbean Explained. And I want to start with where I'm flying into, actually, which is Puerto Rico and the capital, San Juan. And this is like a very interesting place because I think it summarizes so much about what the Caribbean is. And a big word that we have to think about here is colonialism empire and identity. And Puerto Rico kind of personifies that. I guess personifies is not quite it, but uh, exemplifies it because it's not a sovereign place. It's not a country. It's a United States territory. So it's dependent on the U.S. It gets federal funding from the U.S. for its natural disasters, albeit not enough and not very helpful. In typical U.S. fashion, you might say. And, you know, its citizens are actual U.S. citizens with passports, but they don't vote. And they just have this really annoying status, in my opinion. Like, I don't like when places are so unclear and confusing. I just ask myself, why is this? Like, why is this island, which is quite large at three and a half million people, with a capital city that's totally legit, like over two million people, why is it in limbo administratively? Why can't it be a self-determined country on its own right? That's what I'm thinking when I go there. It's a Caribbean island, so what that means is that it sits in the Caribbean Sea, more or less. I mean, I guess like the northern coast faces the Atlantic Ocean and the southern coast faces the Caribbean Sea, which sits on the Caribbean continental shelf or tectonic plates. And that's what kind of defines this region, geographically speaking. This is one, one of two dozen or so continental shelves on the planet. It shifts kind of between the North American and the South American plates. And that's what creates like earthquakes. And yeah, there's a, a body of water on top of that, which obviously water kind of flows every which way into the Atlantic and such, but it's a distinct body of water from the Atlantic and it's divided from the Atlantic by these many, many islands. And this island chain that divides and kind of distinguishes the Caribbean Sea and the Caribbean region is called the Antilles. And Puerto Rico sits right in the middle of the Antilles. And we can divide the Antilles into the greater and lesser. And this podcast is mostly gonna focus on the lesser Antilles, which is where I'll be traveling on a cruise ship, as well as by land, uh, for 10 days or so. And it's where I wanna focus, but let's cover the Greater Antilles first and the other islands of the Caribbean before we get there. The Greater Antilles is easier. We kind of know these ones, they're the big ones. And so when you look at this map, we're in the Americas, we're kind of right between North and South America, 
east of Central America. That's where we are on the globe. And we're south of Florida. And Southern Florida, Miami and the Florida Keys, they're kind of part of the Caribbean as well. They're definitely part of the region, and I think they're part of the cultural identity. You know, they, it's like a very heavily Spanish-speaking place with a lot of sunshine and tropical vibes and rum and neon colors and, you know, this kind of stuff. And south of Florida, we have actually this other island chain called the Lacayan Islands. And those are the Bahamas. Uh, the Lacayan people lived there first. Christopher Columbus landed there, you know, basically enslaved and killed all of the Lacayans, you know, brought over African slaves, you know, made sugar. And that's kind of what defines this entire region of the Caribbean. It's like brutal history, Spanish colonialism followed by the British, French, and Dutch. And now just like this mix of really interesting ingredients to create like a, a kind of clear region of the world, but not necessarily distinguishable beyond that. But we are going to get into the subdivisions and maybe you guys can tell me how many countries should actually be in this region of the world. 26, by the way, is the official answer from Google, but it's highly debatable and it also depends on how you define country. But yeah, when you look at this map, you know, the Caribbean is like smaller than Brazil, which is one country, and yet it has so many different parts to it. Brazil does too, though. That's the thing. Like, you can have big countries with different parts. Not that you should. Those are essentially empires that have, like, in which a state has taken over various nations. But anyway, the Lacayan Islands are, pardon, the Bahamas plus Turks and Caicos, which is like this little, you know, tip of the Lacayans that the British just decided to keep holding on to. So it remains a British dependency. The Bahamas is part of the Commonwealth. They speak English. It was a British dependency and they've been grand, they have achieved independence. Another British embassy, <laughs> embassy, <laughs> dependency uh, is the Cayman Islands. So Turks and Caicos and the Caymans are kind of similar. And they both straddle the big guy, Cuba. Cuba is by far the biggest island in the Caribbean by population and size. It's 11 million people. And it's a, it's a dependent state. It's Spanish speaking. And it has a really rich history that I'm not gonna go into here. But it's really clear. Cuba's on a map, it's on every map. You can see it, it's distinct. And it's nice how clear that is actually. Another clear one is Jamaica, just south of Cuba and east of the Cayman Islands, which are just like little dots. But Jamaica is like a real, real solid rock in the Caribbean Sea and fully within the sea as well. And, you know, Jamaica has like three million people and it speaks English and it's really distinct as a, as a place, as a culture. Reggae and Bob Marley and you know, a lot of rich musical history and heritage and food. And yeah, that's clear too, which is nice. But that's it. Nothing else is going to be clear on this, uh, in this region. Everything comes with all these like complications. And let's just finish off the, the big islands here. The other one between Cuba and Puerto Rico is Hispaniola, 
which actually has the most people on it, 20 million, but they're divided between two different countries, which you've heard of probably, Haiti and the Dominican Republic. And each of those have 10 million people. And yeah, this is a really interesting history lesson that I don't want to harp on here, but essentially both of these were colonized uh, Haiti by French, DR by Spain, and Haiti achieved its independence first through brutal means, and you know it then took over DR at some point and tried to unite the island but failed, and now Haiti is kind of like the real struggling country in the region, you know, super impoverished and suffering from you know natural disasters and you know poor political economic situations. So it's not doing so well. Dominican Republic next door is doing better by comparison for sure. Still not amazing, but good. And, you know, it's more of a holiday destination. People like going there. And yeah, this island of Hispaniola is interesting. It's divided. And I don't know, I guess I just get a little sad when I think of how, how brutal history has been to the region in general and to that island in particular. So that's the Greater Antilles, Hispaniola, Cuba, Jamaica, and Puerto Rico, debatably. Debatedly? And I say that because I think Puerto Rico, along with the Virgin Islands, are kind of their own thing, and we're now like sailing into the Lesser Antilles that we're gonna focus on here. Yeah, Puerto Rico, and the Virgin Islands, I think of as one grouping because these Virgin Islands are just kind of satellite islands around Puerto Rico. They're indistinguishable from Puerto Rico's actual satellite islands. Um, and yet they have a political distinction designation that's different. The Virgin Islands are divided, surprise, surprise, between the US and the British. So English is the dominant language here. So that does distinguish it from Puerto Rico a bit, which largely speaks Spanish, but also English, given that it's an American dependency. And I don't know, I guess I just, you know, this is where I start getting annoyed for maybe silly reasons. Like the, the OCD nerd in me just wants to collectively associate the Virgin Islands with Puerto Rico because the Virgin Islands, they're not populated. They're not big, you know? The Virgin Islands have less than 150,000 people total. I mean, compare that to Puerto Rico's capital of 2 million people. You know what I mean? Like, do 150,000 people need a really distinct sovereignty from the island next door to them? I mean, it's maybe an insensitive question, and surely we can point to a lot of cultural, you know, uniqueness, but we can do that everywhere. You can do that within a city like Berlin, you know? Neukölln and Prenzlauer Berg are, are very different neighborhoods and yet they're in one city, you know? So I'm just looking at the world like that as a traveler. Like, can we organize this a little better maybe? Nonetheless, the reason I think we don't is because of the history of colonialism and the fact that, you know, the UK still holds on to the British Virgin Islands. So they're not set free, if you will. They're not, they're not independent, but I think they should be. Moving on, now we're gonna really focus on the Lesser Antilles, which is this thin hook on the Eastern side of the Caribbean Sea that has, you know, 
all these little islands all labeled on their own when you look at the map. And what's going on there? You know, like, what is this place? Why isn't it one country? Why isn't it just one label? And how many should it be? Maybe more than one, but should it be 26? So I think I'm gonna do this in, I think I'll, I'll start by dividing it in half, which is kind of how it's been done historically. Uh, this, you know, this thin uh, vertical island chain of the Lesser Antilles has usually been divided into the northern part and the southern part. The northern part is called the Leeward Islands of the Lesser Antilles, and the southern part is called the Windward Islands of the Lesser Antilles. And actually, I think I'm going to start at the bottom because it's a little easier to talk about. Basically, you have these islands from south to north, and they are Grenada, the Grenadines, St. Vincent, and St. Lucia, with Barbados off to the side eastward into the Atlantic, but definitely still part of the same group. Now, these guys, in my estimation, are one thing, and actually they used to be one thing maybe 50 years ago. They were called the British Windward Islands. And I kind of like that because they have this in common. They were all British, um, you know, colonies. And now they're all independent states within the British Commonwealth, akin to Canada and Australia and the Bahamas. And I kind of like that, you know, they have that history with the Queen, but they have independence so they can be their own countries. But I don't know if they need to be their individual own countries. I mean, how different is St. Lucia from St. Vincent from Grenada? And the Grenadines in between St. Vincent and Grenada, why are they part of St. Vincent and not Grenada? A couple of them are part of Grenada. But, you know, this is all, like, technically speaking, this is all just volcanic rock jutting out from the ocean. And people land on them, you know, and build houses and stuff. Or, uh, you know, make sugarcane, as the case may be. But... The political identity is what really trips me up. And I'm going to be visiting Barbados as well as St. Lucia. And I'm going to try and really be aware and attuned to how distinct these places are as countries. And maybe if maybe the Windward Islands can be one entity together. Because that's my, that's kind of my presumption going in. And maybe that's ignorant of me. But I want them to prove me wrong. I'm excited to see Bridgetown, Barbados, which was the capital of the British Windward Islands. And, you know, this is where Rihanna comes from. They make Mount Gay rum. And there's beautiful beaches, of course, and landscapes. And let's guess how many people live in this capital city of Bridgetown, Barbados. It's 110,000. So definitely more than the total of the British Virgin Islands, but definitely less than Fairfield, California, or Reading or Turlock even. Well, it's about the same size as Turlock, California, which is the 37th biggest city in California. Or for my German friends out here, what city is equivalent in size to Bridgetown, Barbados, capital of this part of the, the Caribbean? Koblenz in the Rhineland. Bremerhaven is close. Trier is bigger. So there you go. 
That's like, it puts it as number 70, if you would put this capital city in Germany. So maybe that's not fair, but nonetheless, I find it amusing, you know, that some, some places in the world are so tiny, both by population and size, and yet they get their own recognition. Whereas other places are very big and powerful, like California, which is part of the USA, like Catalonia, which is part of Spain, or Siberia, which is enormous, and it's part of Russia. And yet the Vatican gets to be its own country? That offends me, you know? And I don't mean to have a go at the Caribbean, but I guess that's what I'm doing, because I just, I think we need to make better sense of it. And I think it would even, it would prosper in the world more if we didn't all look at the map and just think, what the hell's going on here? So moving upward, we're going to skip the next few islands for a moment and go into the proper lesser, sorry, leeward islands of the Lesser Antilles. This is like the part of the hook that curves toward Puerto Rico. And it's a mess. It's just an absolute mess. I mean, the windward part was easy because they're all speaking English. They're all ex-British. They could all unite. I mean, that's kind of clear to me. But here, when we zoom in on the leeward islands, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten distinct places. And two of these places count as a country. St. Kitts and Nevis. For some reason, there's like this like style of these twin islands in the naming scheme. St. Kitts is where all the people live. Nevis is like the neighboring island. That's a country. And Antigua and Barbuda, that's another country. Montserrat, sitting kind of in between them, just kind of part of the same island chain off Nevis, that's a dependent part of Great Britain still. St. Eustatius, just north of St. Kitts, that's part of Netherlands. Saba, that's just like a rock thrown above St. Eustatius, that's also um, a dependency of the Netherlands. It's considered its own, not country, not department, but you know, it's like, it's some ridiculous administrative designation there's 1,200 people on that island, and it's, you know, qualifies as this distinct place. <laughs> north of there, it's even messier still. Uh, I guess Anguilla in the north is easiest to start with. That's, uh, it has a f a several islands around it, and it's a British dependency still. So that's part of the UK, and it's known for tons of beaches. And then under that, we have this island called St. Martin, which is divided in half. Um, it's tiny. It's very small. It's probably smaller than all of Berlin as a, um, like, by kilometer, like by square kilometers. But it's divided in half by two European powers. The Dutch have the southern part, St. Martin, and the French have the top part, St. Martin. And... That means that the Netherlands and the French and France do border each other, but not in Europe. They border each other in the Caribbean. And I have to laugh because, you know, these are two uh, nation states in Europe that I'm a huge fan of, both of them. But, you know, if you look at their histories, they've, I mean, if you look at European history, it's kind of fascinating because you have these kingdoms and these serfdoms and these people groups that have kind of, you know, 
pushed and pulled around each other like in a crowded subway style. And these two places created a buffer state between them called Belgium, which is just this made up place that's half French people, half French speaking people, definitely, and half Dutch people. And they just kind of created this, they just invented this other country between them. It's not that old and, you know, no offense to my Belgium brethren, but that's made up, you know, it's just invented. And it bothers me because it's like, you have a French nation of Francophile people with architecture and cuisine and all this, and it just bleeds right into Belgium, you know, but then when you get to the Netherlands, it's like another thing, you know, it's a different language, it's a different people group. And I wish that we could just clearly demarcate nations better. Like I, I can appreciate uh, the fact that people in group and identify with places. And I just want to be clearer about that. And in the Caribbean, it's a problem, you know, because you have the Carib people originally in these leeward islands, for instance, who were basically just wiped out by Columbus and his mates. And, you know, maybe some of them intermarried, mixed with the Europeans, and then the Africans were brought over from the slave trade, and then you have all this mixing, and then you have like this prosperous time for colonialism where you're just pumping out sugar, you know, and you just have more and more Africans showing up. And now suddenly, this is an Afro-Caribbean region with some uh, Carib and European ethnic um, blood going in there as well. And I think that this, you know, heritage makes a kind of a regional identity, an island identity. And yet you have the European powers still exerting their influence and control. And that's what bothers me. And this island of St. Martin is so funny because it's like, it's one place. It's a one little island and you have to divide it in half between France and the Netherlands of all things. South of St. Martin is St. Bartholomew. And this is St. Bart's, which is like this famous French getaway island, you know? So we're talking about a place with less than 10,000 people. This is literally 9,000 people or so that all speak French and use the Euro and shop at Hermes, you know, on this little yacht filled island in the middle of the Caribbean Sea. I just find it ridiculous. So yeah, that's the leeward islands of the Lesser Antilles. And we can't say Leeward Antilles because that would be confusing for another section that we're gonna get to soon. But before we get there, I have to talk about the islands that join these two regions. You know, traditionally speaking, the Caribbean Leeward Antilles is divided into these two parts, north and south. But I think this middle section deserves its own recognition because this is uh, two French islands, two big French islands called Guadeloupe and Martinique, and kind of this independent state between them called Dominica or Dominica. And these are big, relatively speaking, you know, Guadeloupe is around 400,000 people, Martinique 300,000, Dominica definitely less, 71,000 people live there. But yeah, I kind of want to separate these from the North and South because this is really France. It's like France's Hawaii. And I don't think that's cool. I don't think that the US should even have Hawaii for that matter. It's a Polynesian 
place. But the point is that these have a really strong identity and Dominica kind of between them is funny because it belongs more with the Windward Islands because it's ex-British speaking English and independent now. But because it's between the French ones, it has a lot of influence from the French and the French did conquer this island and fought with Great Britain back and forth a long time. It's like the Garden Island, so it has like a lot of vegetation and, you know, mountains and forests. And it was really hard to conquer, which is also why it has kind of this more fierce independence attitude, because it's kind of where the Caribs retreated and hid out and resisted for the longest time. But now it's like an ecotourism site. <laughs> and it sits between these French islands. And the French ones are kind of interesting. I mean, they're kind of just France. I do want to go there because I want to see if they feel more like France or more like the Caribbean. I have a feeling which one. <laughs> but uh, Guadeloupe is more kind of independent in its attitude, like it wants independence, whereas Martinique is more like, oh yeah, we're part of France. That's my sense of it. But generally speaking, Dominica is like the middle point of this region. And so it's sometimes put to the north, sometimes to the south and Martinique is put to the south. But in my estimation of researching, it doesn't have nearly as much in common with all the other British islands, you know? So that's why I've kind of separated it. And similar with, I mean, I guess Guadeloupe has more in common with the, the Leeward Islands because there are some French ones there and that whole area is just a total mess anyway. <laughs> so I said that we can't call these the Leeward Antilles, even though that would be very convenient because there's actually another island chain called the Leeward Antilles. And it's this part that really, I guess you could, I guess it's still a part of these Antilles curved hook whole thing, but it's a little different than that. They're not the volcanic structures that pop out of the sea. And they're not part of the, you know, the joining of the North American and Caribbean plates the way that the greater Antilles are. Instead, they're kind of just like, off the coast of South America, just north of Venezuela. You know, they're like basically Venezuela, but they speak Dutch and they have these colorful houses that look like Amsterdam. And this is Aruba, Curacao, and Bonaire, otherwise known as the ABC Islands, um, which is like this clearly distinct place, you know, in a sense that there are no other islands right around it. Actually there are, but they're Venezuelan naturally. Um, but yeah, these are all still part of the Kingdom of the Netherlands, which really drives me crazy. I mean, it gets even weirder, you know, like Aruba and Curaçao, the two bigger ones, are actually considered uh, constituent countries within the Kingdom of the Netherlands, which puts them on the same level as the Netherlands in Europe, as if, you know. And then the Kingdom of the Netherlands is this kind of like figurative hyper state that doesn't actually exist physically that dominates over the Netherlands, Aruba and Curacao equally or whatever. So I think that's silly. I mean, if that's the case, then Curacao is a country and so is Aruba, but they're not, you know, they're, they're not their own country, but they should be. I think that these ABC islands could easily be one united thing. That's also messed up by Bonaire, which wanted stronger ties to the Netherlands. So instead of being like a constituent country on the level of the Netherlands, it's a state on the level of North Holland. <laughs> Go figure. It's not, I don't know if it's even worth like really wrapping your head around it. 
I think it just suffices to say that, you know, European colonialism continues to like rear its ugly head, if you will. But how ugly is it really? Because obviously like a lot of these places really benefit from being part of these, you know, empires, these overseas empires. But anyway, I'm going to Curacao and I'm excited to see how a little Amsterdam looks plopped in the middle of a beautiful tropical island vibe. And that's like, Curacao is like the more European one and Aruba is more like the American one, meaning it's more full of like casinos and big box stores and, you know, Cancun partiers and stuff like that. So it's like more mainstream and Curacao is more like lofty and, you know, classy, if you will. So that's the Antilles, you know, you have the greater Antilles of Cuba and such. You have the lesser Antilles, which is that mess of colonies. And then you have these three that are kind of off in the, in the sea to the west. And then just to fill out the Caribbean as a region, I've left off some islands that I'll mention now. Trinidad and Tobago, probably the most significant. This is a country with over a million people. So it's substantial comparatively. And it's really just part of Venezuela geographically. Like it's right off the coast into the Atlantic. So it doesn't touch the Mediterranean Sea at all. Sorry, the Caribbean Sea at all. And um, it's more industrialized, you know? It's like, it's more of like um, a traditional country rather than a tourist destination or a tax haven or something like that, you know? So it's a little separate, but people do go to Trinidad and definitely Tobago, which is more off into the water. And Tobago follows in the tradition of being this tacked on, you know, twin island that no one lives on, but still gets to be in the title. So that's Trinidad and Tobago. And then I guess I'll mention Bermuda. I don't know if I should, but it's, it's part of CARICOM, the Caribbean community. But it's not in the Caribbean at all. It's way off into the Atlantic Ocean, well north of all of these guys. Uh, nowhere close to the region, frankly. But it's also not close to anything else at all. And it still follows in this same tradition of being a British dependency and kind of island getaway. People sail there from New York and Boston. So it's like it's more of like an East Coast, the USA, Eastern Coast kind of island getaway. Uh, so yeah, that's Bermuda. And I think that's it. I've talked about the Bahamas and Caymans and all these guys. So I think that wraps it up. I haven't touched much on Central America and the Yucatan Peninsula where you have like Cozumel Island and you have, you know, that's where Cancun is, which is like this gross place that people party. And then south of there you have Tulum, which is this cool place of more ecotourism. Uh, and then you have Belize, which is like the only English speaking part of Central America and cruise ships stop there too. And then you have like, you know, Central America, you know, Honduras, Nicaragua, and so on. But these are less uh, distinguished as part of the Caribbean. These are more just Central America. They don't have the same kind of island vibe. The cruise ports do, but then as you go southern, more southern, like toward Costa Rica and Panama, it really disappears. Like this part of the coast is not interesting somehow. Maybe it's because of the mosquitoes 
or like the way that the land and the sea meet. You don't get these beautiful beaches created right there somehow. Um, so it's kind of uninteresting from a traveler's perspective until you get down to the Panama Canal, which is fascinating as like a, as a study. And it would be cool to sail through it. Not beautiful. It's not like a, a natural straight. It's more of this like really obviously man-made series of, um, you know, uh, keys? No, what's this? Um, whatever. The way that the locks, the way that these systems work where you lift up a boat and then lift it back down, whatever. So Panama Canal seems kind of cool to go to from a shipping perspective and an economic perspective, but it's not a resort kind of place. It's the most westernized part. Panama is really booming in that way. And then bordering Panama, you have Colombia in South America. And yeah, Cartagena sticks out as an interesting place to go to. That's touching the Caribbean Sea. And then east of there, you have the really big guy, Caracas, Venezuela, which shouldn't be interesting at all as a traveler, but very interesting for a journalist, if anyone is intrigued by that. All right, kind of a weird place for me to end on Venezuela, <laughs> but that's somehow how it's worked out. Just to reiterate, I think a good way to think about the Caribbean is that it's this part of the new world discovered by Columbus, quote, discovered, that was just totally altered forever by European colonialism and the African slave trade. And that's now kind of like picking itself up and dusting itself off as a region, um, you know. And my hope is that it does unify as a region more so, that these places don't just, you know, kind of go into their own worlds and identify so specifically as just their own tiny island nations. Because I think that the national identity can be extended more broadly to each other. And maybe those natural boundaries find each other, like between the Lesser Antilles and the Greater Antilles, or within the Lesser Antilles, between the leeward and the windward. I mean, that could be okay. Like, I'm okay with like some subdivisions, like, you know, let's call it six places, let's call it eight places, or let's call it one place, but let's not call it 26 countries, because I think that's just ridiculous. All right, guys, I'll leave it there and uh, maybe report back after I actually see it with my own eyes, take some pics, and have a nice little travel vacation as the area is known for. So, until next time, ciao.